Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, the podcast for small team marketers with hosts Melissa Moody and Ashley McGovern. You might have heard about the Two Pizza Rule, which says the most agile, effective team meetings are ones that are small enough to only need two pizzas for the meeting. Let's get into the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing. Everyone, I'm so excited because I have Tiffany here, Tiffany De Alva, with me today. And this is actually her second time on the podcast. And I was just sharing, yeah, I was just sharing that I think she's the first one, the first guest that we've had on here twice. So that I know I'm so honored. So thank you for having me again. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So for those that maybe haven't listened to her first episode from season one, she is the VP of marketing at BetterBot, which is a property technology company. And I'll have her share a little bit more about them. But yeah, excited to have you here. Will you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yes. Yes. So um, I started my career in the multifamily industry. So that's property management and we mainly handle apartment homes. And so I started as a marketing assistant when I was in college, like eight years ago. And I feel like I really got a good understanding for that industry. And at the time when I started, my boss, she really helped and mentored me. She wanted me to understand all aspects of the industry. And so I I went and I split my time between marketing and leasing. And that was the main customer base, I guess, for our marketing. I don't know if that's the best way to put it because we almost had two customers. We were servicing the property teams and then also the actual people leasing the apartments. And at the time, I just did not want to do it. (laughs) I was so introverted. I was like, this feels like a sales job. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it, but I'm so glad that she pushed me to do that because it helped me understand the industry and our entire customers. So from there, I went ahead and after five years, moved on to BetterBot and worked my way up to VP of Marketing here. And so what we do is we're more on the vendor side and we service those companies that I used to work for. And so we help them save time by automating some of their processes. I think last time that you were on the podcast, we talked about how you had just advanced to this new VP role, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe for those that don't know, you can share a little bit about that journey because you've been with BetterBot for almost five years. Is that right? No, actually, I've only been with BetterBot for two years. Really? Um, Yeah, yeah. I was at my previous job for five years. And then from there, I moved over to BetterBot and it's been two and a half. Okay. Um, So yeah, yeah. I feel like it was kind of a fast transition into this role, but it's been amazing. I... I do feel like in my previous positions, they've just been preparing me to take on this role and doing all the groundwork and all of the minuscule tasks have really helped me come Mm -hmm. into this position and know, okay, this is what needs to get done. And this is where we need to be. So yeah, it's been a really fun position for me to be in and I've been loving it. And you're a one-woman marketing team, right? One woman, yep. <laughs> Killing it. Actually, I guess that's kind of a lie. I just hired an intern, so... <gasps> nice! Yeah, yeah she's part-time, so... Okay. I, I am what one is and she, a half. 
Oh, I love that. So what is she going to manage? I'm assuming social. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having her do a lot of the social. She's still in college. So I'm taking her under my wing and just been teaching her everything I know as far as social. That's awesome. I feel like social is always the first thing that like we want to pawn off to people because it is really important to know the basics on how to do that, especially if you're graduating from college and then going into marketing and just knowing how to do that. So I feel like once you've been doing social for so long, eventually you're like, okay, let's give it off to someone else. It's a good, it's a good starting point, I think. And it's kind of the fun stuff that Mm -hmm. I love doing. So, oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on the podcast is because you actually built with your team, a client advisory board. And a part of my like podcast strategy is like anytime that I'm like, okay, I want to start building this for my employer. I try to reach out to a marketer that I know that has done it. So I can one pick their brain for myself, but then also for my audience, because they might be in a similar situation as a small team marketer. So I would love to dive into this topic, and I don't know if you have a marketing mess specific to the cab, but after that, we can dive into what that mess is, if that sounds good with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't have a mess specifically to the cab because it's actually gone so well. Oh, good. No, that's a good thing. Yeah, I have another mess I can definitely share about, though. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Okay, so, so share with me a little bit about your client advisory board. Like what is the structure? What does it look like? How often do you meet? What is the purpose of it? Let's, let's get right into it. Yeah. So when I came to BetterBot, this was already either, it wasn't fully formed, but it was, it was getting there. And so we continued to add people to our client advisory board. We really try to go with people that we trust and that have years of experience in our industry and we don't pay them or anything, but instead we host unique experiences with them. And so having them along for those fun, unique experiences gives us the opportunity to pick their brains about what's coming next. So these are usually the people that are first to test out our new products. They give us feedback on our ideas and the things that we may not even have developed yet, but we're just thinking about doing. Um, And then once we have those initial products, they'll try them out for us. And then they just kind of keep us informed on industry trends and what's going on. Of course, we do our own research, but we also like to rely on them to tell us what have you noticed with competitors or things like that, that's working, that's not working. They give us everything. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So you don't pay them, but when you like, like, were you just in Disney with all of them? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the really fun things we've done. We took them to club 33 at Disneyland. So that was super fun. We've also taken them to Catalina Island for the day or dirt biking, things like that. Just so random, but Mm -hmm. fun things. We usually try to have those experiences align with a conference or another event that's happening because it's usually a convenient time to get everybody together. And that way it's just kind of easy. Okay. We're going to take a day out of this conference and go and do something together. Okay. They're not actually flying them out there and paying for their stay. It's because there's another like trade show going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many did you say there are? I want to say there's about 10 or 15. We have a good amount. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What would you, what's like the number one thing that you like 
attribute the success of the cab to? Is it like building relationships with them? Is it just them loving the product? Like how, how do you incentivize someone to be on your cab if you're not physically, if you're not actually paying them? Yeah, it's definitely relationship building for sure. We have a zero jerks policy allowed. (laughs) (laughs) And so it has to be people who, you know, you get along with and that you trust because those are the people giving you the feedback and you can't, it has to be genuine feedback. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's completely pointless. And Mm -hmm. so building those relationships really is the most important part. And then kind of just using discernment around the experience that they have. Of course, we're not going with people that are completely green and, and just new to the industry. Of course, we like that feedback and it's good to have, but we want people who have experience behind them because they can say, I've seen products like this in the past. This is why it didn't work or, you know, give that kind of background. Let's take a step back and talk about how you actually vet each client advisory board member. I don't know if that's the right verbiage, but how do you actually vet them? So the way that we've kind of chosen ours, our CEO, actually, no, he's now just the president and founder. He has a lot of the relationships that we've kind of brought into the advisory board. And he's known a lot of these people for 20 years and they've just been in the industry forever. And so that's kind of been the vetting process just over time, collecting all of those people. (laughs) Okay. I was, I was making notes. Sorry if I missed this, but did you say that you guys just meet up at trade shows or do you do like a monthly zoom with everyone? Because I remember that like property managers, I don't know if all of the members are property managers, but they're so strapped for time. So I'm curious how, how you get them in the room. So ours is made up of primarily marketing VPs or higher ups that are typically our clients as well. Uh, And so that is kind of how we've chosen them. As far as meeting at trade shows, we will usually like take a day out of that. So add a day on to the trade show and then do it that way. Got it. Okay. When you got the cab started, did it start right when BetterBot was founded or did this come at a later stage? It was shortly after BetterBot was started. Yeah. I know Robert, one of our founders, he would just kind of go to his friends and say like, can you give me feedback on this? What are your thoughts on this product? And then over time kind of added more structure to it and brought those people along for an advisory board. We don't do an additional Zoom or anything like that. We typically meet twice a year to get those ideas. And especially because it's usually revolving around a product launch. Mm -hmm. And so those are our bigger things that we take longer to work on. And that's why we meet only twice a year. Okay. Do you have any requirements on the members to promote BetterBot across their channels? No. In fact, we've had people on our advisory board that may not even be current clients. So we really just want their feedback. I will say we had one on our advisory board was actually someone that I worked with at my previous job. And they ended up dropping us because of budget reasons, not anything to do with the product, but it was kind of above their heads. And they're still on our advisory board, give us feedback and actually ended up coming back to us at a later time. 
mm-hmm. they did have more budget. So, you know, it's not like, oh, you dropped us. Nope. We don't want what you have to say anymore. <laughs> no, it, it's really relational. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think that was like my 20 questions. I just fired off questions because this interests me so much. Well, I think that's all I had. Was there anything else you wanted to say about it? I think really just kind of going back to that, making those friendships and those relationships that you trust is so important. And I know sometimes it can be really hard to put yourself out there, but it's so important to do and to get that feedback. Yeah. I've, I've been seeing so many like posts, especially on LinkedIn about communities and like building communities, whether that's like on Facebook or Slack, not just a cab. And really everything is about relationship building right now. Yeah, I know. And we've kind of talked about this. I mean, I'm super introverted. So for me, like it can be hard to get out of my little bubble or even just turn to the person next to me and start talking. That's not something I would normally do. But I think there are genuine ways that you can do that and build those relationships and really work on the ones you have and expanding that way. Mm -hmm. All right, let's transition to your marketing mess. We tell us a little bit about what you want to share with that. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, I don't have a mess related to the cab because there's just, it's been awesome, but I have had my fair share of marketing messes for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So when I first kind of came to BetterBot, we didn't have a lot. I mean, we're startup. So we weren't really utilizing keywords and SEO the way that we wanted to. It was just poor targeting. And so when we first started working on advertising, we were working with an agency that was helping us get back on track. Um, However, when we started, we were working very broadly. And the mess was that we were getting so many leads that were not related to us at all. We were just getting people generally in real estate. And what we do is a little bit more specialized to multifamily specifically. We were getting a lot of commercial real estate, things like that, um, that are not our actual customer base. And so we worked really hard with them to get it back on track. Um, But that was one of the things that I felt like we really needed to rein in and get back together and evaluate what keywords we're targeting so that we get the right audience. Yeah, we were having a similar problem at Reallink with that. And we were sending them to different like pieces of content to download. And then usually from that, we would, I mean, do the traditional um, outreach to see if we thought that they were a fit. And we kept getting a lot of like brokerages and real estate agents yeah. and that wasn't our target audience. So I don't know if, if you had a similar experience where you, were they actually like, filling out a form to talk to sales? Uh, yes. Yeah. And it was the same thing. A lot of brokerage Mm -hmm. with SEO. I haven't heard a mess like that before. So with the agency, was it just a matter of like, they were going after the wrong keywords? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly what it was. So we really had to kind of work with them to shape it because I am a one woman team. I don't do that on my own. So going out and using an agency was the best option. And it, it worked really well and it's still working, but did take a lot of shaping those keywords and saying, okay, we, we don't want to use this one and, and mm. all of that. Do you still work with an agency? I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you use a lot of contractors and freelancers too? Actually not, not really. They're the only ones that I use and it's really just for that aspect, paid ads, 
And yeah, that's it. Everything else I do by myself. Wow. So you're creating all the content on the website. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the articles. Girl, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> month, all the event planning, all of it. <laughs> Let's move on to the new segment that we introduced this season, where we ask our guests, what's a tool you couldn't live without in order to do your job? And you haven't shared with me what Mm-mm. the tool is and you but you did say that you have two tools and I was like okay let's do both but I want to kind of switch it up this time around and have you describe it to me and my audience and myself can guess what it is so let's yes, get started with it. number 1 okay cool so this one is a tool that I use for design I can get all of my print marketing collateral from it. I can order straight through their site, but I can also create things like social posts. I can edit videos. I can edit photos. I can even draw to create things if I want. I can make logos. It helps me with presentations and I can record myself through the platform as well if I wanted to. And that's just some of the stuff that this platform can do. Okay. Um, I was going to say Canva, but since you said that you can order merch from it. That yeah. is right. It's Canva. Oh, it is Canva? You can, yeah, order? You can order? You can order prints. Mm-hmm. No way. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I feel like you can do everything with that tool. I've been using it since I started my marketing career eight years ago. <laughs> like, it's amazing. <laughs> I do love it. And I just started using it for video editing. Yeah. And- I'm not a fan, but I think it's because it's in beta and it's still very. Yeah. The video editing, I, I feel like they'll improve it, but it definitely has a little ways to go. And Mm -hmm. I will use pieces of the video editing and then bring it into iMovie. So I do. That's what I ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I learned something new today. Yeah. I I know. It's amazing. Okay, let's do number two. And let's do, give me just a couple hints and I'll start to guess then and then we'll do another couple hints. Okay. Do you want to know what type of product it is? Like if it's for design, if it's a CRM. Let's do that. Okay, CRM. So I use it for creating emails, workflows, social media, landing pages, forms, feedback surveys, everything. Uh, What is that? What is the name? It's not like, it's not HubSpot, is it? It is. <laughs> yes. Two for two. You're so good at this. Or I'm just giving really easy explanations. <laughs> um, those, I love HubSpot. That is what I use as well. And yeah. Canva. Those are two really good. Those things. are the two things that I I could not live without as a marketer. So yeah. Yeah. What was, was Canva the number one? Like you would choose that over HubSpot or HubSpot over Canva? I would choose Canva. I love Canva. Wow. I would, I would probably choose HubSpot just because of the forms. I, I love the forms and then like the emails. Yeah. But I couldn't create my emails without Canva. Like I create all the little design things I want in Canva first and then I bring them into HubSpot. That's true. They're both just so different, but I just I love Canva. Yeah, those are two really good ones. And this is yeah. unsponsored, just so everyone knows. No. <laughs> like, we are not sponsored by HubSpot as much as I wish we were. Yeah, um, that'd be great. 
Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? I really think that's everything. Yeah. I just thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast. I know it really was fun. I wish we could see each other more, but I know that we're busy. Well, how can our listeners find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Tiffany DeAlva. And then you can also find me on Instagram where I just post fun things, not always work-related, but it's just breakfast with WTH Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in. Melissa will be with you next week. Have a great day. Talk to you then. Thanks for joining us today, Two Pizza Marketers. If you liked the episode, it would mean a lot to us if you take the time to leave a review. And if you have any questions or topics to suggest, we're always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two, that's the number two, pizzamarketers at gmail.com. And until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing.